This is the wild around us. I'm Jeremy, your personal naturalist. I'm coming to you from the Squam Lakes Natural Science Center, where we advance understanding of ecology by exploring the natural world. Today we have our nature noise. We'll be taking a deep dive into a nocturnal squirrel. Let's get started with our adaptation of the day. This adaptation is one of the most masterful for getting through winter. And I'm going to focus on voles living under the snow. Now, admittedly, I'll probably branch out and talk about more than one adaptation here. But being under the snow, or subnivian, is the adaptation. And we'll talk about why that is such a good way to get through winter. One study showed with air temperatures at minus 24 degrees Fahrenheit, under just one and a half inches of snow, the temperature remained 24 degrees above zero. But there's other things that happen under the snow to make voles, which by the way are small rodents, similar to mice, use living under the snow in a way that makes living under the snow even a better adaptation for winter. Voles are normally very solitary animals. They're super territorial, often battling for that spot they keep, especially in the summers, spring, or fall, when they make tunnels under grasses. Their territory is theirs and theirs alone. However, during the winter, voles will group up, huddling together under that blanket of snow. Being warm-blooded, they create heat and warm that communal room that they're staying in. Not only that, they go out to find food at different times. Keeping that communal room heated with their body heat kind of like what I do with our wood stove and I stock it full of wood before going outside. And when I come back in, my house is nice and toasty warm. And their chamber is toasty warm, full of those other voles that stick around, letting them go out vole by vole to find food. Staying warm and finding food have been a common theme throughout our episodes this winter season. This animal changes its behavior, conserves energy in a pretty unique way, and creates insulating nests to help them get through these harsh times. Today we are focusing on flying squirrels. And I'm probably just going to combine northern flying squirrels and southern flying squirrels, as there are some minor differences, but their adaptations are much the same. By the way, southern flying squirrels are found pretty much in the United States, anywhere east of the Mississippi, and northern flying squirrels are just in some parts of the northern United States and throughout Canada. Flying squirrels are probably our most numerous in population, or at least very close to red and gray squirrels. 
their fur combined with social behavior allow flying squirrels to stay nice and warm throughout the wintertime. It is common for them to live in nests with a group, maybe in a woodpecker hole or an attic of our homes. Imagine being able to glide to the corner store for a snack. The flaps that they have that go from their wrists to their ankles help them glide up to 150 feet, though most glides are more like 20 to 30 feet. That can reduce the time to get to food, the energy it takes to get to locations, which reduces exposure to the cold or to predators. The tracks of this animal are one of my favorites to find in the winter. They seem to come from nowhere. Suddenly, a track appears between several trees and bounds along until it gets to another tree, hops up, and disappears again. It always takes a couple minutes for me to figure out, ah, a flying squirrel landed here. Keep your eyes open for those tracks. When food runs low, flying squirrels will actually cache some food, or store it away. They'll hide their food in cavities or even their nest. Seeds and lichens are common winter cached foods. This most often happens at the end of winter. So next time you wake up in the middle of the night, shine a light out at your bird feeders and see if these amazing gliders have come for a visit to cache some of your seeds that they take from your uh, bird feeders. Look for the red eye shine from the tapetum, which is a mirror-like part of their eye that allows light to pass through twice, making their large eyes even better at seeing in the dark. Food caching, conserving energy by gliding, keeping warm in nests, flying squirrels have some excellent ways to combat the perils of winter. Last week, we played this nature noise. This week, we did have somebody write in and guess it correctly. Uh, Sam said it's a crackling fire. And that's correct. But I played this sound because it had a lot of crackling and popping. A lot of us are probably familiar with burning wood in a wood stove or having a fire outdoors. But that crackling and popping happens often when we burn softwoods, pines, fir, spruce. And the reason for that is that the sap content inside the wood is higher in those types of trees. And when that sap heats up and expands, it causes that popping sound. 
So this particular fire had a lot of fur burning in it, and so you heard a lot of that snapping and crackling going on. So pay attention to that as the snow melts and you might have fires outdoors or in your wood stove. Do you hear more when you're burning oak and maple, which is typically what we burn for heating our house? Or do you hear more if you're burning some pine? Each type of wood has its own distinct sound. So along with watching the fire, enjoy the sounds as well. And now, I'd love to play you this nature noise. And if you have any guesses as to what that might be, please email me at jeremy, J-E-R-E-M-Y, dot Phillips, P-H-I-L-L-I-P-S, at nhnature.org. That's jeremy.phillips at nhnature.org, which will also be in the show notes. And lastly, I want to thank you all for listening. If you wouldn't mind, I'd love more people to hear this podcast. So if you enjoy it, leave a review, share it with a friend, and don't forget to do the most important thing, and that's get outside and enjoy the wild around you.